Good evening, LCM. Good evening. Tonight is Thursday, April 7th, 2022. And we are going to continue to have such a good time tonight, church. Amen. I mean, the kind of fun where you aren't worried about the clock ticking behind you. You're not worried about the responsibilities that await you on the other side of this service and the other side of those walls right there. Like, like the kind of good time that my son Ezra has. Playing with his little Lightning McQueen die-cast model car. Playing for hours with no cares. Ka-chow! <laughs> I guess what we are saying is that life is a highway. And we are going to enjoy it our whole life long. Come on Which, now. That brings us to our message tonight. Yeah, I got so excited. I'm sorry. The title of our message this evening is Life is a Highway. Come on, say that with us. Life is a highway. Life is a highway. Now, it is one thing entirely to enjoy the highway that's been laid out before you. Smooth, easy going. I mean, think about the trips that the Dangs and the Lintons just got back from. One of the legs of the journey was from good old Sugarland, Texas, all the way to Submission Ministries in Gainesville, Virginia. 1,400 plus miles of bliss with four adults and five kids crammed into a spacious minivan. Come on now, that's a trip. Now, imagine with me. That exact same trip of those 1,400 miles with no car. That you got to walk it the entire way. Now imagine that there's not a road. There's not a highway that's laid out before you. Now imagine that while you're going, you actually have to build the road yourself. Wow. That's a road trip. I mean, you would have to navigate through the flatlands, the swamps, and the bayous of Louisiana. And that's just the terrain. <laughs> then you would have to turn towards the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains, ascending up to the Smoky Mountains, then landing in the Blue Ridge Mountains. They're beautiful, by the way. Yeah. Until you were finally making it to what would feel like the promised land. By the time you get to Submission Ministries and seeing all of these anointed godly families that were there. And it was worth every bit of the trip to do it. You see, on that kind of trip, you wouldn't be measuring those 1,400 miles in hours constantly looking at your watch or the clock there in your car. You would be measuring this in months within a calendar. Like looking over at the wife and saying, hey, we got to get going. We got to get there before winter. So let's continue this. Say you're, you're doing this on foot. And you're doing it with some axes and maybe even some machetes in your hands. How appreciative would you be if someone arrived with, say, maybe some heavy machinery, huh? Would that change the outlook of the situation just a little bit? Guys, at that point, you wouldn't be upset that their machinery could move more ground than your shovel or tear down more than your axe would, would you? No, of course you wouldn't you would actually probably have some genuine tears of joy in your eyes. Like, oh my goodness, I cannot wait to put down this axe and this machete and to get to the heavy machinery. You would actually rejoice 
that you were starting to make some real progress and you could be able to see it. See, church, more than just heavy machinery, you have a supernatural builder with plans in his hand who is building an eternal highway to your end destination, and he's doing it in our lives. Turn with us to Isaiah 57 and verse 14. Isaiah 57, 14. It says this, and it will be said, build up, build up, prepare the road, remove the obstacles out of the way for my people. Church, we want to tell you tonight, and we want to say it plainly. We can see that God is truly building you up. He is building this church up. See, he is preparing us for every good work that he has been destined for us to be able to accomplish. He's removing the obstacles out of our way and constructing the very image of the Son of God into our lives. Can somebody say amen? Amen. So, throughout the history of our church... We've had a, a little bit of experience with building projects. In fact, we've had a lot of experience with building projects. The very sanctuary that you're sitting in right now, it required a great deal of preparation. And the removing of many, many obstacles out of the way to accomplish what we did in here. I mean, we had to tear out walls that didn't belong. I used to be a, a, a bathroom sta- uh, sitting where, where I'm standing right now. Yeah, even that basketball hoop that used to be in here. Huh? Yes, yes. We had to knock all of those obstacles out of the way. We had to go and repair sheetrock that had been damaged. Then we had to construct new walls. We had to do some building in this. And ones that would be level and contained sound structure. Well, Praise God that in order to accomplish this, we had some supernatural help while we were building this. And not to mention, we were only 1.2 miles away from the nearest Home Depot. (laughs) That's huge. That supernatural help, it came in the way of having living examples of construction life hacks. You guys familiar with that term, life hacks? Right. So like in the moments which you see on YouTube, you have carpenters that can frame a wall in less time than I can actually tie my shoes. I personally witnessed one of these master craftsmen perform this. This guy comes up and he takes two two-by-fours been building a wall. He puts them on top of his left foot. He strikes a mark with a nail of where he's going to cut. And then in 0.2 seconds, cuts both of those boards. Now, I started at the same time that he did. And by the time he was done cutting and nailing those boards up to the wall, I wasn't even done cutting my first board. It was a demonstrable life hack sitting right there in front of me. Well, in that moment, something happened to me. I stood in amazement because I wanted to know how to correct my lack of skills in order to match his level of mastery of how to do this. So I made it a point to be next to him every moment that he was on the project. Because not only was he preparing us to have a sanctuary, it was our joy to be prepared in imitating his master craftsmanship. I'm talking about from the start. We realized that his mastery was an overwhelming blessing. It was removing obstacles of our lack of skill and causing us in, in us a desire to say, We like it. We love it. 
We want some more of it. Come on, turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 40, just a few chapters before our last passage. We're going to start reading in verse 3 together. A voice of one calling, in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. This, this is the call of God through a man of God, and it's declaring that in the wilderness, in the desert places, God is having his way prepared for you. Amen. You see, your life is literally this highway that Isaiah 40 is talking about, and God is preparing the roadway by building us up, removing every obstacle in our lives so that there is a straight path, a highway that is formed. It has been said that the man who cannot endure to have his errors and shortcomings brought to the surface and made known, but tries to hide them, that man is unfit to walk the highway of truth. That is definitely truth tonight. However, a greater truth is that you, church, yeah, we're talking about you out there tonight. You guys are fit to walk on this highway. And that is seen in the way that you are freely and willingly offering your errors, offering your shortcomings to the Lord and to one another in this room. Amen. You are actually no longer ignoring or hiding from your sin. You are boldly confronting your sin. This is actually qualifying you to walk on this highway of truth. Come on, isn't that great news? Look, let's read verse 4. It says, every valley shall be raised up. Every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged places, a plain. This passage declares what your future is, LCM. It shall be raised up, the valleys. It will be made low. It shall become level. It will be made a plain with certainty because God has said it. But we want to give you an even uh, more pertinent glimpse of what we've seen in this tonight. What's more so? Somebody say more so. more so. What is being displayed in you, saints of the living God, is that the valleys are being raised up right now. Those low places of faithlessness that have been in your life, those pits of despair are being filled with faith and becoming a level ground of hope and of life inside of each of us. Oh, take encouragement tonight, church, that your pastors are giving you the evidence of what you are doing. In addition to these valleys, the mountains are being made low. Meaning like this, mountains are problems that have come from long-standing lack of discipline and following the word of the Lord are now being made into a highway of holy living. One that has solid and firm footing in doing what the word says. Your pastors can see this and has evidence in your lives. In fact, even mountains of pride, they are now being made low through an ever-increasing transparency as each part of the body does its work in building itself up in love. The truth is, is that we can see that even the hills themselves are coming down. The hills that come from drop-down decision-making. Those guys are dropping down themselves, and level-headed discernment is rising in this room. Come on now, church. Not only are valleys and mountains changing their position, but you get rough ground that's being made level, smoothing out those rough areas of insecurity because you are now walking as secure sons in this house. Amen. And lastly, those rugged places, they are becoming a plain. 
This is happening as you remember the supernatural transformation that you have received and the supernatural transformation that is currently at work inside of you. Now, if you're still in Isaiah 40 with us, say, Life is a highway. Life is a highway. Check out verse 5 with us. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Guys, this is what is in store for you and for us. Isn't this glorious? The glory of the Lord is being revealed right now. Church, this is what he is doing in us, with us, and for us. And we're getting to see it together. What God has spoken, he will not fail to complete in each one of us. Oh, man, talking about the glory of God being revealed. Everybody notice how radiant and bright and full of life Gabby is? Man. She is beaming from ear to ear. And let me tell you why. Because she is perfectly reflecting the radiance on Rhett's face. Oh, yeah. Come on now. Turn with us to 2 Peter chapter 1. Oh, yeah. 2 Peter chapter 1. And we're going to look at verse 3. It says this, his divine power has given us. Somebody say has given. Has given. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by CNN. I mean, caused by evil desires. Did you hear it, church, that he has given us everything we need? Did you hear it, church? Yeah. Yeah. See, the reason we have joy in our current ongoing corrections, you know, that process of leveling, raising up those low areas, tearing down those high areas, is that the evidence, they are evidence that his divine power is making level ground, and that level ground in our life is actually becoming a highway for him to move upon. I mean, from the start, from the very first day that he's called us by his own glory, by his own goodness, we are to rejoice in his handiwork making our mountains low, and raising up our valleys. Oh, can I clue you into something, church? Yes. Pastor just, just said that we are to rejoice in his handiwork. So I'm going to say it one more time. Let's have some joy rise. We are to rejoice in his handiwork. All right, now verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, love. This passage began with the phrase, for this very reason, meaning that his divine power has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. And then Peter goes on to write, make every effort. Well, We want to revise that a little bit of how we're communicating it to you. What we're saying tonight is 
we are making every effort. We are making every effort to add to our trust-grounded obedience the very deeds that are the good we know we should do, and we are doing it. We are making every effort to add to our good deeds the greater depths of understanding God's Word. And we are making every effort to add to our knowledge the spirit-filled governing of our mind, will, emotions, and even our physical bodies. And here's, here's the point. Our master craftsman is leveling the highway of our lives. And that just keeps adding more and more to our lives. It even goes further, and it makes us want his workmanship in us more and more. Let's go a couple verses further in this particular passage. I'm going to read verses 8 and 9. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is short-sighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. See, Peter is writing to believers, and he's actually stating, if you possess, if you possess. Church, as we are thinking of you tonight, as we thought about you today in constructing this message, we see that you are possessing these qualities in increasing measure. You are being effective and productive in your knowledge of God. And you are gaining clear insight into your own lives constantly walking in the supernatural redemption that has been at work in your life. The great part of this church is that this gives us an overwhelming, overcoming supernatural joy throughout the entirety of the process. See, he has already given us everything we need, and it's clearly being shown in the leveling of our lives and of this church as a whole. See, he is adding more and more to you, and you're becoming more and more effective. You're becoming more and more productive. Isn't it something to rejoice about that God has given us something, has given us a divine nature, a participation in who he is? It's what we've had the entire time. Come on, help us. Even in the leveling process, even when the mountains are made low and the valleys are raised up. That's the whole point, that you have supernatural power through the means of God making a highway, that what was once a rugged terrain is now being made smooth. What was once rough surface is being made into a plane. Come on, you can drive a truck really fast, but you can't do it through three-foot-wide trees when they're in your way. God is clearing the path for us to run and move quickly on a highway of achieving his will in this church. We are gaining ground every single day, and your pastors and elders can see the evidence of it inside of you. So here's what I want you to do tonight. Let's let our joy rise in this leveling process. Say it with me. I want more of the leveling process. This is what he has been working on from the start. And our joy is now catching up to his goodness. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to rise up. Church, do you want your joy to rise up? Do you want more of the leveling process? Then stand on your feet and rise up right now. Lift up your hands to heaven. 
Mighty God, we thank you for your supernatural and divine power in nature that's inside of us. That supernatural joy that embraces and wants more of the leveling process. Lord, tear down those mountains. Raise up those valleys. Lord, make the rugged terrain smooth. Get us on this highway and moving forward. We thank you for your joy that's in us now. And we celebrate your goodness, oh God. Amen and amen. Uh, stay standing with us. Stay standing for a moment. I'm going to read Ezra 10.4. You guys ready? Yeah. Rise up. This matter is in your hands. We will support you. So take courage and do the work. Look, you guys have risen up. Look to your left and right. You have risen. This matter is in your hands and it is right now. Go ahead and be seated for us. Come on. Church, isn't it great when you realize that the Father has been leading you all along and you're actually doing what he desires, no matter how it feels, you're allowed to have that joy overwhelm your souls. Oh, man. Do you got that joy tonight? Even further seen in the passage that we just read, we will support you. Well, this is, of course, coming from your pastors and elders. Oh, but this is more than just that. There's more happening here, man. We, meaning the entire body of believers that are sitting in this room. Those that are walking on the same highway, all of us together are going to support each other. See, what's happening tonight is right now we're actually gaining courage because we don't have to do this alone. How comforting is that thought? We have each other by our sides. And more than that, we have the promised Holy Spirit who is living inside of each one of us, giving us the strength to be supported and to give support to others. Amen. Turn with us to John chapter 16, and we're going to look at verse 13. Say, life is a highway as you're turning. John 16 and verse 13 says this, but when he, somebody say he, he, not it, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. Man, there are so many descriptors of the Holy Spirit. And here in John, he, the Holy Spirit, is described as the spirit of truth. And that spirit of truth will guide you into all truth. So the question comes to mind, how do you measure what that truth is? Oh, man, that's easy for LCM. We know that measuring the truth is done by the standard of God's word because that's what declares what is actually level is what is according to the word. Putting something in a level position. That's easy to do, right? No, 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 no. Husbands, wives, you guys ever hung up pictures on the wall? Yeah. And husbands, you put it up there, you're like, eyeball it, just kind of wait. Oh, that's great. What does the wife say? No, 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 no. Not level, not level. So us being the, uh, the mechanically minded that we are, we go to our tool pouch and we take out a level. Well, like in, building a, uh, like in a building project, when you thought you were good, when you eyeballed it and thought that it was straight, 
and truly level, plum sum, exactly. You were fully convinced that it was perfectly level until the level was placed against it. I'm talking about the level actually wasn't there to my detriment. No. The V level comes out as a place against my own heart and mind so that it can give me joy to know that I'm actually building right in the moment. I'm talking about the joy to know that I am now aligned with the truth and aligned with the spirit of truth. It's a joyful thing when the level comes out and shows you what true level is. And you get to adjust your alignment to it. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth, and He is guiding us into all truth. How does He guide us into all truth, though? Mm, Through constant course corrections, of course. You know, when you're walking, you get out of level sometimes, and that constant course correction is what actually gives us the confidence to move forward in that truth. He levels our pride. He lifts up our faithlessness. He helps us in these areas. The truth is, is that we see the spirit of truth guiding you guys into all truth because we see you making these course corrections in your lives. We see the leveling of your walk with the Lord, and we see the joy that is coming upon you as we're talking to you about this tonight. Come on. This leading of the spirit of truth in your own life reminds us of something. It reminds us of the imagery from Sunday of an older and a younger donkey. In this instance, the older donkey of the Holy Spirit is tethered to us, helping us keep pace on the level ground that God is giving us. He is helping us keep course on the highway that God is building. See, that way, when you look at the younger donkeys that are tethered to you, the ones who God's eyes of favor are resting upon, you know what it is that you are supposed to be giving them. That same encouragement, that same correction, that same joy that you have received from the spirit of truth. Church, we have to tell it to you, and we want to make it plain. You are being led well. And in turn, you are being equipped to lead others well. Can somebody say hallelujah? Hallelujah. So let's take a look at the second half of verse 13 that was here in the book of John. It says, he will not speak on his own. He will only speak, he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So the spirit of truth never speaks on his own. And he is leading you to do the same. The spirit of truth only speaks what he hears. And we see that he is leading you, LCM, to do exactly the same. The spirit of truth reveals what is yet to come. And in your lives, we see the evidence that he is revealing to you as a joyful embrace of every correction, of every leveling, and giving proof that you are being filled with the spirit of truth through that process. Let's continue to build on this in John 7, verse 18. It says, whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. 
Guys, you are those who have been led by the spirit of truth into all truth. And you've become men and women of truth. You're seeking the glory of the one who sent you, the one who called you, the one who is continuing to level you out. When you hear God's truth, you quickly recognize it. You like it. You love it. You want some more of it. This joyful response is showing that there is nothing false about you. Church, the Greek word for false here in this passage, it, it, it has a meaning to it that is of something that is unjust, something that is unrighteous, something that is literally not comfortable with justice. But there is nothing false about you. You are very comfortable with justice. Yeah. You're very comfortable with the spirit of truth judging the thoughts and the attitudes of your heart, showing you the truth of what needs to be leveled yeah. next in your life. You love it. It shows in joy in your life. See, you are seeking the glory of God by seeking out the spirit of truth. The Father's truth to you, about you, and for you. The truth that has transformed mountains of pride into roads paved with humility. That truth that has replaced those valleys of despair with a highway of hope. Amen. Come on, is there joy still in this house right now? When you see... God leading you by his spirit of truth. And he is revealing these areas that needed to be corrected, course corrected. There is a joy that is immediately available in that moment. Not only what he is going to build, but you have something in our cars that can also give us some reminders of what God has done. That's a rear view mirror. So look into the rear view mirror of your lives and look at all of the leveling God has done in your lives already. The fact is, he is currently still leveling our paths. He is currently conquering greater terrains. And we, together, are men and women of truth more today than we've ever been before. That is all the reason to rejoice and therefore want more leveling today, tomorrow, and the next day. I can look behind me and see the progress, how much ground has been gained, and a highway exists behind me. Therefore, I know with full assurance what is going to go before me, a highway that we're going to run down. So let us take you to one such example of a couple of men of truth who had this joyful response, which displayed that there was nothing false inside of them. They were just a couple of ordinary men who were working to have a level walk with the Lord and who were putting their deep desire to be led by the spirit of truth on display. So let's all turn to Acts chapter 16. Life is a highway as you're turning there. Life is a highway. We're going to start our time in Acts 16 in verse 25, talking about a couple ordinary men. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everybody's chains came loose. These men of truth had decided in advance how they were going to respond to the leveling in their own lives. In fact, they were sitting in prison behind bars in this moment. And what are they doing? 
They're praying. They're singing hymns to their God. What a testimony that they're putting on display for their king. They had determined in their hearts to pray and sing because they are men of truth, filled with the deep convictions from the spirit of truth. Then what happens? An earthquake comes. The instrument that God is using here to remove the obstacles from these men's current situation. Their prison doors flew open. Their chains flew off. Wow, look at that. The Lord had leveled all of their problems and had set them free. Let's see how they responded to this newfound freedom. Let's look at verse 27 together. The jailer woke up. And when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. What? (laughs) Why didn't they leave when they had the chance? The doors opening, the chains falling off. Wasn't that God's doing? Of course it was God's doing. But God did this for a totally different reason. See, these men, they chose to remain tethered to the older donkey, that spirit of truth, and his direction for that very moment. They were not just going to get the hell out of there. No, they chose to remain in the difficult situation. They chose to stay right there, knowing that there was life in the fight that they were in. And it wasn't just for them only. Look at what happens in the next couple of verses. Verse 29. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? The lives of Paul and Silas were led many times by the spirit of truth straight into the fight. And what these men found out is that There There was was life in in that fight. fight. The life that they found, it wasn't just for them, though, church. No, it was for others like the jailer, others like the jailer's family, like all the others that watched them in prayer and in joyful song, rushing into their death willingly, only to experience real life all over again. And their onlookers wanted what they saw in these men. This joyful perspective of life in the fight, ah, it's seen in Paul and Silas, but it reminds us also of Joseph and the life that he gave to his brothers in Genesis 45. Verse 7 in that chapter says, but God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. See, church, Joseph is joyfully recounting his life as a highway that God sent him ahead of his family to level the path that would lead to not only his own personal deliverance, but deliverance for his entire family and for the entirety of the nation of Israel. We're talking about starting from the very first dream that Joseph had regarding sheaves of wheat being gathered and them bowing before him. Joseph was given divine insight that would consistently produce life in that fight to reach the fulfillment that God had promised. So you have Joseph, you have Paul, you have Silas, you have Jesus. These men all understood that there was life in that fight, and it could only be had one way. So let's read about it. Come on, finding life in the fight 
We're going to get that method from John chapter 12 and verse 24. I tell you the truth. Man, when Jesus says that, we need to listen up, don't we? I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Church, the truth is we are choosing to sow into this kind of death. Not someone else's death, our own death. We are choosing to sow into the death of the seed of our own Nabal traits. We're choosing to put them right in front of our face day after day so that our Abigail traits would produce many more seeds that come from us. Church, we are choosing to sow into the death of the seed of our own selfish time management. That the selfless giving away of our time would produce many more seeds that might come from us. We are choosing to sow into the death of the seed of manipulation and the control of our own future plans. That our trust in his sovereignty and divine power would produce many more seeds that come from us. We're going to tell you a secret tonight. You guys want to know a secret? In sowing into your own death, you will find that there is life in that fight. We're going to continue in verse 27. Now my heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. The truth is, your heart might be troubled. Especially when you start thinking about that you don't get real kingdom fruit without sowing into death. And you don't get real kingdom life without engaging in the fight. So your your heart might be a little troubled about that. But that's okay, church. Because Jesus had the same thought. But he didn't stay there. See, although there was the weighty truth of what Jesus had to suffer to bring salvation for the world, and it was troubling his heart, Jesus didn't ask the Father to save him from this fight that was needed to produce life. In fact, the spirit of truth actually led him right into the leveling of the highway that was needed for all of us. He said no to those thoughts. The very reason that he came was for these purposes. He came to produce real kingdom fruit. He came to live and display life that was truly life. Oh, he said no to those thoughts, but you know what else? We're saying no to those thoughts. In fact, the very reason you have been born again into a kingdom and this purpose-filled way of life was to produce real kingdom fruit and to live and display life that is actually life. So like Jesus, we are not asking the Father to save us from the leveling that we so desperately need. No, we have asked for it. We like it. We love it. We want some more of it. Come on, we have welcomed it with open arms, church. Come on, my dear brothers and sisters. Because we exist to produce real kingdom fruit, to live and display life that is truly life, we then rejoice in the truth that when we sow into our own death, we find that there is life in that fight. What was produced in the death that Jesus 
seed experienced? What, what happened whenever he encountered that? Well, only the life and salvation for everybody that's existing on the planet. The truth is, life and salvation are being produced from your sowing into death, just like Jesus did. We want you to consider our next passage that will be an encouragement to us all. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 3 begins, consider. Somebody say consider. Consider. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So for us in this room, certainly we have all considered the way that Jesus sowed into death. And we have all been encouraged by those considerations. We don't need the Lord to save us from the leveling. In fact, the spirit of truth is leading us right into it. And we welcome it with open arms. See, while the Peshat of this passage is clearly about the Lord and Savior, we wanted to frame it in a slightly different light for you tonight. When considering those who endured such opposition, we as your pastors have actually been considering you. We have been considering people like Adam and Stephanie Cora and how they are dealing with Lincoln. This godly man and woman of truth, they have been sowing into their own death and they've been discovering that there There is is life life in in that that fight. And it has caused us not to grow weary and lose heart but to join in the fight together with them. It has produced life in all of us. Look, what about Chris and Joy Riasora? They've been having some recent battles with the lighthouse, but this spirit-filled and godly couple, a man and woman of truth, they've been sowing into their own death, and they have discovered that there There is life in that fight. Their lives as an example, it has caused us to not grow weary and lose heart, but to join into the fight together, side by side, shoulder to shoulder, along with the Reosaurus. And it has produced and will produce life inside of us. What about you pregnant mothers that are out there tonight? Come on, Megan, you know what, you know what I'm talking about here. We want to remind you guys tonight that There There is is life life in in that that fight. fight. And that's probably all that we need to say about that. (laughs) Moving on, what about families that have moved in together in our church? What about couples like the Ludvigsons and the Hewitts? What about the Makowicks and the Treesters? Man, these godly couples have been learning how to sow into their own death. Isn't that right? Come on, guys. And they're doing so daily. And in that daily sowing, they're discovering that there is life in that fight. And it will cause us not to grow weary and lose heart, but to join into the fight together with them. It is producing life in all of us. Church, tonight, we're going to celebrate the leveling that is happening right now in every single life in this house. We're going to eagerly joyfully look forward to more leveling down the road because his divine nature is already in us to help us the entire way. Come on, we're celebrating the fact that the very spirit of truth, the 
The he who is guiding us to increasingly level ground and having the opportunities to sow into our death, we're going to joyfully celebrate his guidance in our lives and take the opportunity whenever it comes to leap into that event and put it into practice. Church, stand up with us. This is what we're going to do. What we're going to do is we're going to stand up together. And now is the moment that we are going to imitate our dear brothers in the faith, Paul and Silas. We're going to do exactly what they did. That in the middle of their fight, they raised their hands to heaven. Come on, raise your hands to heaven. They began to pray and intercede to their God. And finally, they began to worship the King of Kings for who he is. They were finding life in their fight. And so we will also find life in our fight. Mighty God, we praise you tonight, Lord. Thank you for the fight that is in us, Lord God. Thank you for the fights that we're experiencing now. Lord God, we lift our hands to you, and we worship you tonight, Lord. We sing praises to you, Lord, and we thank you for the life that you are pouring out onto us in Jesus' name.